Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 240. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Every 9-11 is different. And 9-11-2023 was no exception. Lots of people still said, never forget. But others, far too many in power, they did forget. Reminding us all that just as in the early days after 9-11-2001, now is still a time to stay vigilant. Earlier today in Hanoi, I visited a marker to honor my friend, war hero, senator, and statesman John McCain. John and I disagreed like hell, like two brothers we'd argue like hell on the Senate floor. Then we go to lunch together. I went out to see John just before he passed away at his home. As I was walking out, I put my hand on his chest and he pulled me down. He kissed me. He said, I love you. Will you do my eulogy? John and I were friends, like a lot of us who had differences, like Ted Stevens and I were friends. We disagreed, but we we're friends. One thing I always admired about John was how he put duty to country first. And that's not hyperbole. He did. Above party, above politics, above his own person, this day reminds us we must never lose that sense of national unity. That's President Biden with his September 11th remarks made from Alaska. John McCain's life of service is an example always, but especially around 9-11. And given our state of the world, America, and our politics, we miss John McCain now more than ever. He showed us that after tragedy, there can be triumph. John McCain showed us how to be, as Hemingway described, stronger at the broken places, as individuals and as a country. But some things break beyond repair, and that might be the case now for the Republican Party. As it continues to disintegrate, falling further and further away from the party of John McCain, the party of Colin Powell, the party of Bob Dole, and the party of Mitt Romney, who this week announced he's not running for Senate again from Utah, but not before commenting on how broken things are. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. It was a generally reasonable and thoughtful message, but definitely too full of both sidesism. He sounds painfully neutral, as he often does which is the difference between being truly independent. But he's right that this is a time for a new generation of leaders. And he doesn't say it, but he should. The greatest potential exists from independent leaders. He almost went there, but he didn't. 
The potential for independent candidates is especially strong in places like Utah. As we've covered on this show and was revealed in many ways when independent Evan McMullen ran against radical Republican Mike Lee. He didn't win, but he came closer to beating a Republican than any non-Republican had in decades. Utah was a reflection and is a reflection of America, where 49% of us are independent Americans and growing. We now decide every close election, and we are the future of American politics. And maybe we can help America be stronger at the broken places. But make no mistake, we are broken now. A reflection of where we're at. This week, the Obama, George W. Bush, Clinton, George and Barbara Bush, Reagan, Carter, Ford, Nixon, LBJ, JFK, Truman, Roosevelt, and Hoover Presidential Libraries released their first ever statement on America in the world and how broken our democracy is. And they warned, quote, others see our own house in disarray. They are sounding the alarm on how broken things are. Yes, we can be stronger in the broken places. 22 years after 9-11, we can be stronger at the broken places. But first, we got to recognize now how broken we really are and how stakes is high. And speaking of broken, there is a broken record of stupid that continues every week to spout new, radical, reckless, racist, and ridiculous stuff. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Senator Redneck, Alabama's Tommy Tuberville, who this week got a new award. John Stewart named Tuberville, quote, one of the dumbest motherfuckers ever in Congress. The veterans advocate and former Daily Show host mocked the senator for complaining about the woke military and doing poems on aircraft carriers. This is the new thing that Tuberville's been whining about. He says there's too much poetry in the military. And here's what John Stewart had to say. The veterans advocate 9-11 advocate and former Daily Show host mock Senator Redneck for complaining about the woke military and complaining about the fact that he says there's too much poetry on aircraft carriers. He can't make this shit up. And here he was this week spouting more stupidity. Yeah, they've tried to make it very confusing, Tony, and they've done a pretty good job of that. Even some Republicans, Congressman McCall was on Meet the Press yesterday, and I think he was a little confused about <clears throat> what we're doing said that we were holding back the nominations, and we're really not. We're just holding back uh, all of them at one time. Lies and spin. Lies and spin. It's like a broken record. And on one side of this problem, one that he alone is creating, is Senator Redneck and Tony Perkins. And on the other side, it's seven former defense secretaries, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, most veteran service organizations, most Republicans and Democrats, and just about anyone who knows anything about our military. It's not the, quote, left that is objecting to Senator Redneck's holds on our military promotions. It's just about everyone of substance in the national defense and veterans community, and even most of the leaders in his own party. 
He's on a reckless and radical one-man ideological crusade. And it's him, very much alone. And on 9-11, he didn't take a day off. This is what Senator Redneck posted. He posted three pictures from 9-11 and the, quote, let's roll from 9-11 hero Todd Beamer. And, of course, Tommy Tuberville used the hashtag never forget. So as he continues to attack and undermine our military with his radical political shenanigans, he has the audacity to say, never forget. Every day his ridiculous holds on our military promotions continue, America is more vulnerable. On 9-11 especially, that's something to never forget. And never forget something else. He's an asshole. And he's especially an asshole on 9-11. I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane While people behind me are going insane I'm an But he's not alone. Rand Paul, we've talked about it on this show, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, he's an asshole too. Guess what he posted on 9-11? Quote, Today, we honor all those on 9-11 and the heroes who put their lives on the line to serve and protect. May our remembrance lead to a renewed desire for unity and peace. Hashtag never forget. Of course, Rand Paul has the audacity to post that on 9-11. After blocking the health care bill for 9-11 first responders like me and Rob Sarah, as we covered on this show years ago. Maybe Rand Paul hopes America forgot about that. But we remember. We see you, Rand Paul. And we never forget your betrayals. And we have the receipts. And we see you too, Utah Senator Mike Lee, who also blew hot air in 9-11. And we never forget how you betrayed us too. Also voting against the 9-11 first responders bill after losing his bid on a spending limit. It was ridiculous, it was reckless, it was traitorous, and we never forget. Yeah, 9-11 is a time to reflect, but it's also a time to call out the assholes. Speaking of assholes, and folks who do traitorous stuff, last week it was reported that a special grand jury in the former President Trump's Georgia case, recommended charges against Senator Lindsey Graham and former Senators David Perdue, Kelly Loeffler, and former General Michael Flynn. Damn. Michael Flynn especially should have been locked up a long time ago. And he definitely should have his $100,000-plus-a-year military retirement and rank stripped by the Department of Defense. Traitors who tried to violently overthrow our government shouldn't really get military pensions, don't you think? Yeah, 9-11 was Patriot's Day. That's what it's been rebranded. But it's also a time to call out and recognize traitors, including the zip-tie guy and his mother, who both got prison terms for their participation in the January 6th attack on our Capitol. You may remember this guy. Eric Munchell, 32 years old of Tennessee, was sentenced to nearly five years in prison for his participation in the attack on the Capitol, while his mother, Lisa Eisenhart, 59, received a two and a half year term. 
Two more traitorous insurrectionists are going to jail. And two more are getting off easy. Accountability for January 6th is finally coming in fast now, with many, and hopefully the biggest ones, still to come. And maybe this will be the year of accountability for the American insurgency, which continues to be our number one national security threat 22 years after 9-11. But the New York Times headline read, Zip-tie guy and his mother get prison terms for January 6th riot. Riot. That's what the New York Times called it. But hey, New York Times, it wasn't a riot. It was a domestic terror attack or a quote-unquote insurrection or at least a quote-unquote attack. But it was much more than a quote-unquote riot. This is an example of a media fail. But the Justice Department is not failing. They've put charges now on over a 1,000 people who participated in the attack on January 6th. And I hope they keep them coming and keep locking them up. Lock them all up. Speaking of broken people who made inexcusable breakages that bordered on treason. This week, a new federal report revealed new information about a story we covered throughout the pandemic. It said that New Jersey failed veterans in state-run homes hit by dozens of COVID deaths. You may remember there was widespread deaths inside state-run veterans' homes throughout COVID. We'll never know how many died. But two of New Jersey's state-run veterans' homes were found to have widespread dysfunction that led to deaths. There was a 43-page document painting a disturbing picture of failures at the homes in Menlo Park in Paramus where dozens of deaths occurred early in the pandemic. Poor communication, lack of staff competency, and other issues led to the coronavirus spreading virtually unchecked throughout the facilities. It's an issue we covered a lot during the pandemic. And there should be jail time for every person responsible. Because this is another example of something we'll never forget. We'll never know how many vets, especially World War II vets, died from COVID during the pandemic. There were so many lost, but we will not forget to demand accountability for every single one of them and demand accountability for everyone who failed them. Those people who failed our veterans were more than just incompetent. They were traitors. Traitors to the compact that we have with our veterans. Speaking of traitors, inside Ukraine, the people have continued to face all kinds of obstacles. And this week it was revealed they faced a new kind of treachery from a man we've all been paying quite close attention to, whether we like it or not. When the shit hits the fan, whether it's on 9-11 or during a pandemic or during warfare, you find out who you can count on. And in Ukraine, this week especially, they found out who they could count on and who they couldn't. It was revealed this week that Elon Musk, in his personal, infinite and twisted wisdom, decided he wasn't going to help Ukraine in the early days of the war. 
and decided not to give them access to his communication system called Starlink. So Elon Musk just decided he was going to shut the lights on Starlink to the Ukrainians. Elon Musk helped Putin and shut the lights off on Starlink at a critical time in the fight when Ukrainian lives, including civilians, were in the crosshairs. And Walter Isaacson, who wrote the bio about Musk revealing this news, tweeted this. They asked Musk to enable it for their drone sub-attack on the Russian fleet. Musk did not enable it because he thought, probably correctly, that that would cause a major war. Probably correctly, Walter? There was already a major war. One Putin had started. And Musk's reckless and nefarious meddling cost lives. And it undermines Ukrainian, American, and global security. And Musk was and is way beyond his depth in helping Putin. And Mr. Isaacson, you are an apologist for him. We've been covering Musk's national security-related fuckery for months on this show. And I did a segment on it with Nicole Wallace on MSNBC last Friday. And if you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to episode 192, where I talked to the always brilliant and no-shit Professor Scott Galloway about Elon's lack of patriotism and basic humanity. Go check that out. And Musk, of course, tweeted or X'd a response. And he said, much appreciated, Walter. At no point did I or anyone at SpaceX promise coverage over Crimea. Moreover, our terms of service clearly prohibit Starlink from offensive military action. We are a military system, so they were again asking for something that was expressly prohibited. He added, SpaceX is building StarShield for the U.S. government, which is similar to but much smaller than Starlink, as it will not have to handle millions of users. That system will be owned and controlled by the U.S. government. That's what Elon Musk tweeted or X'd. But Mr. Musk, wars are not won by terms of service. They're won by leaders with integrity and courage. Wars aren't an app or a video game. And if you're feeling confident and happy about Elon Musk building Star Shield for the U.S. government, your name must be Vladimir Putin because our enemies are celebrating. Musk recklessly shut off the lights on Starlink for the Ukrainians. I wouldn't be surprised if he shuts off the lights on my account on Twitter. I'm, I'm not calling it X. Like he also has for so many others who've spoken out to challenge him, including Professor Scott Galloway. But these are dangerous times, and we cannot be silent, and we must stay vigilant. Yeah, it's possible to be stronger at the broken places. And maybe America will be too, as we had to be before, after 9-11. I woke up this morning, I could barely breathe, just an empty impression, in the bed where you from your lips I want an eye for an eye I woke up this morning to an empty sky
Every 9-11 is different. And this one was different. But there's something that's the same about all of them. Something that I never really could put into words. And 60 Minutes had a fantastic special on the firefighters of 9-11. And here's a clip. A lot of bravery. A lot of bravery was displayed that day. Um, and uh, followed by a lot of sadness. Commissioner, it seems to be a sad day for you 20 years later. I think for everybody that was there that day, it, it has just stayed with them, the sadness. You have, we have plenty of good days, plenty to be thankful for, those of us who survived. But uh, it's, a, it's a day that it'll never leave, never leave you. Sadness becomes part of your life. Absolutely. It's true. I've never known how to explain it, but former FDNY Commissioner Negro does it for me. And for all of us that were there, 9-11's always a sad time. Always. And it was even more sad this year for a different reason. Because Aaron Rodgers went down for the Jets. Now, I know it was the biggest story in America, but there was another part of it that was really inspiring. Aaron Rodgers came running out into the field at MetLife with an American flag in a way that felt good, in a way that felt strong, in a way that felt proud, in a way that didn't feel insurrectionist-y. And the only video I posted of Aaron Rodgers was the video of him carrying out that flag because in the end, it matters more than his injury and more than anything else. Because 9-11 is a day about overcoming adversity and about becoming stronger in the broken places. New York City did it. The Pentagon did it. America did it. And Aaron Rodgers will do it too. I woke up this morning to the empty sky. Empty sky. Empty sky. I woke up this morning to an empty sky. Just like the neighborhood I live in now. The night of 9-11, I posted a picture of the lights coming from Ground Zero, the twin tower lights that go up into the sky. And you can actually see them from my house. And I posted the view from my boy's bedroom window. And this year, when they first saw it at age eight and four, they yelled with glee. And they said, Daddy, there's a rainbow. And then the other one said, it goes to infinity and beyond. 22 years ago, I was in the pile just blocks away from our house for a darker scene than I ever could have imagined. 22 years later, our happy boys are growing up in the shadow of the Freedom Tower. They revere the heroes of Ladder 10, and they look forward to 9-11 because they get to see the lights and meet firefighters from around the world. After darkness, there is always light. We can be stronger at the broken places. Hope is the oxygen of democracy. And New York City and the USA can always make a comeback. And that's something we should all never forget. I hear the blood of my blood Crying from the ground The 
This is the great Bruce Springsteen with the incredible 9-11 song, Empty Sky, that helps us all never forget. And you got to never forget that independents are the future. We can make America stronger at the broken places. And we're not alone in our independence. Yeah, America's more divided than ever. But we at Independent Americans and Righteous Media are fighting to change that, adding light to contrast to heat. And if you're among that now 50% of Americans who are independent, this is your show and this is your community. Country over party, people over politics, light over heat. Just like 22 years ago, and just like we can be in the future. A movement disrupting the status quo, a movement of independent Americans. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it far and wide. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so right now. And go to Independent Americans where you can find out more, you can watch video, and you can join our Patreon community. Please join us, contribute what you can, and help keep this content coming. And invite your friends to declare their independence. And stay vigilant, my friend. Because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And hope is always the oxygen of democracy. We're all in this together. And together, we can all be stronger at the broken places. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraine. And stay vigilant, America. Media.